Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 44 of the Holding Court podcast. Today, I'm chatting with Steph B., a travel blogger and founder of Travel Break and Wena. She'll share how she turned a gap year into a career. We'll discuss how she got her startup off the ground, the challenges she faces as a woman in tech, and we'll both share some of our favorite travel tips and destinations. All coming up right now on Holding Court. Boom. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Of course. I keep inviting women on here that have really, really cool, unique careers because I obviously love to hear about their story and how they got to be where they are, but I'm also kind of just living through them. All right. As a fellow UCLA alum, let's start with your post-college life. Wrote on your blog that you traded corporate life for a gap year, which is really, really cool and obviously probably really scary. So (laughs) share with us how that all started. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny because it feels like a lot of people are doing it now. And back in 2014, was a pretty like wild idea. I was even making headlines in the news for traveling solo as a woman. Like people couldn't believe that a woman would travel alone, which is crazy to think of now because there's so many communities and um, a lot of people have kind of taken this more non-conventional path. I went to UCLA. I kind of, whoop, go Bruins. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, my parents are immigrants, so they really kind of pushed the more like traditional, safer background, which I think is a phenomenal path. I really enjoyed working in corporate entertainment. I was at the Staples Center. Um, I was going to accept a job offer there. And I don't know. I just wanted, you know, my heart just told me that I'm always going to do what I'm supposed to do. And I wanted to be a good employee and be good to my family and do all the right things. But I kind of had this year that I never would have made time for myself and so I was like okay well I'll compromise I'll give myself a year as a gap year and come back and do everything I'm supposed to do and be a good daughter (laughs) right um that didn't exactly play out that way um (laughs) I think that kind of resonates with me but I did it on kind of the well now I'm just traveling all over the place but Before college, you know, post high school, I don't know if I've even really talked about it. And maybe that's a whole nother episode of of the path that I had. But I was set to go, obviously, to school at IU in Indiana. And I kind of had that similar thing of like, I just really wasn't in it. And I think it was just what you do. Like you just, you're a senior in high school, you apply to college and then you go. And I don't know if I just kind of had a freak out because everyone from my high school was going to either Purdue or IU. And I'm like, I don't really want to go to like high school university and be in that sort of thing. And I just feel like I wouldn't have been in it. I probably wouldn't have done that well. And so I just felt like, okay, let's pack up the car and move to LA. So I kind of get it. I just did it before college (laughs) and I guess now after college too. So, well, and it's kind of crazy that we're supposed to know what we want to do with our careers at 17 years old. Yeah you're supposed to know what you want to do for the rest of your life at 22 years old, right? I mean, I think it's super cool how you came to California. You had a like, very unconventional path into getting into UCLA, and it sorted out for you, and a lot of people never would have taken that chance. Right. I think it, it and it, for a while I was really insecure about it. 
and I wouldn't talk about it. And if someone was like, oh, what year did you go to college or what year did you graduate? I hated that it wasn't the exact four years after high school. I was mad. And so I would be like, oh yeah, I went, I graduated a few years ago or, and try to cover it up. And honestly, I don't, I don't know why, because I think I should be encouraging more people to figure it out. And like, I was set to go to college for elementary education, which don't want to be doing that. I think it just, my mom was a teacher. It just seemed kind of like the natural thing to do. And I'm glad that I didn't. And yeah, it's nothing to be really ashamed about. And I get it. It's not the traditional thing and you want to make your family proud and you want to do what your friends are doing. And so for a while, like I moved to LA and there was this big question mark of like, what is she doing out there? And like, I don't really know what I was doing out here, but I just know that I had to kind of fall on my ass a little bit and figure it out. And take the odd jobs and kind of meet people. And I mean, I grew up in small town in Indiana, so like I didn't see a whole lot of things there. And so obviously being able to meet people and experience different things and really finding out what I wanted to do, I can't even imagine any other way. And I think that we have to have that curiosity to go and do what we're not supposed to do, to do things that are bigger or different, not necessarily better, but just what's right for us. Yeah. We don't have to do what everybody tells us to do. Um, and I can really relate to that bit of shame because after I traveled, I moved to Sydney. I thought I was going to take a corporate path in Sydney. That's everything that I knew. Um, I ended up working for a startup and then starting a blog. And I hated introducing myself as a blogger influencer because it felt like all my corporate friends um, weren't going to take me seriously as a professional just because I was in a completely different path. Yeah. That is like the, I feel like that is the worst question when you're even at any sort of event or any social setting. I think, what is that question everyone asks? What do you do? And you're like, I'm so much more than what I do. <laughs> and for so long, I didn't, I, I have a friend that just says I don't when they ask her because she just like doesn't want to answer. And so like, what do you do? I don't, I don't actually do anything. And so it, <laughs> it's similar to that shame though of like, oh gosh, I have to have something to tell people that's impressive. And so you kind of, you're like, oh, even when I worked in college and I worked like promos and events, I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a marketing manager and you have to kind of frame it. I feel like The Bachelor does this a lot with the women on the show. <laughs> They'll come up with these like career titles for people that make it sound totally different because I don't know, I just think we're meant to feel, I don't know, kind of bad about ourselves or ashamed if we're not doing something that's traditional. So I can relate to that for sure. And I think, you know, we're getting some pushback with Gen Z and I think the millennials, we started it um, for better <laughs> and for worse, where we're saying, hey, um, we want to be more independent. We want to start our own businesses. We want to pursue creative paths. And like, I hate the word influencer so much. I know. Uh, but creator, <laughs> I'm like, all right, I, I create all Content kinds of Content creator, <laughs> social media manager. Those are like the... <laughs> Um, on camera host, right. Or model yeah. or, um, entrepreneur. I mean, even the idea of an entrepreneur, it has a little bit of a bad stigma if you're not super far along. Like now I can be really proud to talk about my business and the things that we've done. But before it's like, sometimes I have to say it's a real startup. I swear. <laughs> I know entrepreneur. I feel like people would assume, okay, you don't have a job yet. Right. Or like you're trying to find a job. So it's that fancy title. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but you are obvious. You talk about the stigma around a blogger influencer. And I think with social media, so many people will look at a page and 
you have to remind people it is a snapshot of their life and that there's so much more that goes into it. And so walk us through what you were doing during your gap year that brought you to what you were doing today. So the gap year um, was actually before I actually started the blog. Um, So I traveled to 24 countries, which I paid for by doing odd ends and jobs, picking up clients, essentially just freelancing, and I would just figure it out. So if I was traveling solo, maybe I would be in New Zealand and I would enjoy four days and then I would work like 16 hour shifts three days in a row so that I could travel while working. Um, And then if I was like traveling with friends that I had met on the road, I would wake up at like five o'clock in the morning to do like three or four hours of work adventure all day and then while people are drinking I would be late at night like doing some other work um so you can work while traveling without starting a travel blog or without being an influencer I think especially now as um corporate culture is changing or even freelance culture there's a lot more opportunities you do not have to be a content creator to travel the world um so I did that that went really well now I just happened to love to write and I got dumb luck where my second article on Huffington Post went super viral and um, I didn't like the idea of Huffington Post having all of the business agency over my content. So like I love to write. I was good at it. it. I was growing their business and I wanted to have more ownership over what I was creating. And I'm like, hey, if I can go viral on Huffington Post, can I go viral on my own blog? And it started to work. What was the article about? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm so embarrassed. 14, Austral- 14 Aussie phrases Americans should start using. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, it worked. It worked. It, you know, and, and it was fun. I mean, I, I even did it as a pen name because I was just like, oh, I'm going to go back to the corporate world and I don't want them to know that I was writing jokes on Huffington Post. Um <laughs> And, um, and then, so yeah, I, I kind of, um, in that entrepreneurial spirit, kind of having worked like a lot of my clients while I was freelancing were small business owners and it's like, well, they can do it. I can do it. It's good to see it. Right. And that's why we talk about it. Yeah. Um, so I, I ended up building up a digital marketing agency that specialized in tourism. Um, so on that end, there was a lot of consulting, a lot of white papers, a lot of, talking to these more like traditional legacy marketers that um, were like, what's an Instagram influencer? Like what's, it's, what's Snapchat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how is working with the blogger different than an influencer, different than a traditional journalist? Because they are running events, they're running different types of campaigns and they needed to understand how to serve their trips for that new market. And then on the creator side, so being an influencer and a blogger, um, you are, um, first of all, you're planning everything, right? On both the business side, so you're looking at contracts, you're um, doing proposals, you're negotiating terms. Then there is the actually planning out the trip, right? So you're working mm-hmm. alongside multiple partners to create an experience that you believe your community is going to actually love and enjoy because that's the whole point. You want to make sure that you can give a good recommendation. Then you're doing all of the shooting and editing. 
then you're doing all of the on-camera work and then you're doing all of the writing and then you're doing the SEO <laughs> and then you're building the website <laughs> and then, you know, you're hiring and re- now you're a recruiter and now you're an accountant and now you're trying to, to ke- keep an entire team up and running. Um, and it was beautiful and you wear multiple hats and it allows you to be creative and you hustle and you talk to other people that are doing and you figure it out. But it is a lot of work. I think that's what people miss though. I think people would look at a blogger and your favorite word influencer and just think, oh, what a beautiful photo. Oh, she just got to do a write-up on this incredible country that she got to visit. Oh, that much like must be so easy. I want to do that. I just talked to you about reading a study that said 86% of young people want to be an influencer. And I think they maybe don't realize the work that goes into it and what it actually entails because yeah, it's obviously if I'm sure you loved your job, you love your job and you enjoyed it, but it's, it's not easy. And it's, (laughs) I think you can find something that you love to monetize and that's a bonus and a perk, but it's not just as simple as it appears. Right. It's not like you're not working and getting paid. It's more like you are getting paid to do work that you love. Um, and so you have to also figure out which niche, like, are you a better writer? Are you better with the podcast? Are you better on camera and really run with those? Do you like, I mean, people think of a corporate job nine to five, you're committed to this company. Once you're a creator, like you're committed to your fans, you're committed to your partners, you have people to pay, right? So you still have commitments. You don't get to do whatever you want just Mm -hmm. because you're a creator. You have some freedom and some flexibility that might be different than what you have in a corporate space, but you still have responsibilities and you still have bills to pay. Yeah. And I think, well, you mentioned your obligation to, I guess, your viewers or your what would you call Commu- it? A community. Your I community. Mean, you have know. an obligation. <laughs> and I think, yeah, you want to be doing things that are authentic. And I think you run into, I mean, you obviously ran into, not ran into, you created this space as a travel blogger influencer. It should have like a chime <laughs> that I put when you say that. So there's a point where you have to monetize that, obviously, for this to continue to you know, fund all this travel that you're doing where you're serving your community and you're basically doing the legwork for people. So how do you, you said, I think you mentioned you funded your first 24 countries from like savings and working and all that. At what point did it turn? And you like, obviously you had the, your Aussie phrases, which what was one of them? Uh, Can't be bothered. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) should say can't be bothered. So at what point did you realize, like beyond that, like when did it start to start to turn where you were monetizing it? So I will say that my first year doing, um, because I I went all in on the blogger influencer side before I started to pick up, uh, really pivoting into the digital marketing agency. Um, I didn't make like any money. And so I made huge financial sacrifices. I moved in with my parents in a small town in the middle of nowhere, Um, I didn't spend money even now that I have like a tech company, I was the first investor in it. And like, I didn't shop, like I didn't, you know, do certain things that I would have liked to have done because I was, I, you have to lower your expenses and you have to also like front money. Right. So I made that choice, um, with the travel blog and the influencer bit. And then, you know, it was doing really well and I hustled and it sorted out and, I did it for years. I traveled full-time for four to five years. 
I saw the world. Um, I got a dude in my 20s. Like, nobody will ever be able to take that from me. The people that I met, the places that I saw, it really, it's really a big part of who I become. Right. I was reading about your 11 months where you were living fully nomadic out of a carry-on suitcase. Yeah. Would you go back and do that year again? I think I, I think I did that more than 11 months. I think I like, <laughs> I think I haven't updated that, but yeah, I did that for quite a bit um, <laughs> in a heartbeat because it's like, there's different ways to travel. Like you could study abroad. I did the bartending. I did the freelance professional work. I did the digital marketing agency. It specialized in tourism. I've done an actual vacation where you're not working on vacation. Like for the record, if you decide to work in tourism, you're working while you're traveling, which is Mm -hmm. totally different than just taking a trip for fun. Um, And I do think that a lot of this working while traveling is romanticized. Um, But I would do everything that I've done the exact same way if I got another shot. I mean, I feel like you have to feel good about that. Yeah. <laughs> I um I I do believe in if you want something trying to go after it and at least knowing that you tried. Was there ever I were a point where you wanted to just throw in the towel and say okay, I'm going to go back to corporate world like this isn't aside from just like maybe a day or two along the way where it just maybe second guessed it? Um I think that Definitely, like, the financial instability in the beginning can be really, really hard. Like, you need to really – so this is what I, this is my line that I would tell myself. I don't know the answer right now, but I'm convinced I can figure it out. And that really just means that you can find the people that can figure it out because you actually don't need to know <laughs> everything to run a business. Or you can Google it. Yeah, or you can Google it. You could talk to someone who's an expert. But, like, you don't need to know everything. You just need to know someone that knows something. Yeah. I love that. It's, I don't know. I feel like it kind of resonates maybe with Justin on the travel, but like the working while travel, because he's been to so many cool places through sports. And we went on a trip to Australia where they had opening day there and everyone will be like, oh, how did you love Australia? And he was like, well, Courtney loved it, but I was working while I was there. (laughs) And there wasn't really any point where he got to go explore, got to do anything and obviously a different type of work, but it makes sense that you have to actually experience it outside of that and having to do your job while you're there. So that makes sense. Yeah. I know it doesn't seem like we work, but just because we love our job doesn't mean that it isn't work. (laughs) We got to destigmatize the blogger influencer, at least some of them, at least the hardworking ones. And don't get me wrong. There are some people that, that, that don't necessarily like to work or, you know, maybe they got lucky and you can't hate someone for being lucky. Like if you're a musician and someone discovered you and you're really good at singing, you still have to do all the work after you've been hired to sing. Yeah. Right. Um, like sometimes it's an easier path for some people, but they still, yeah, we were kind of chatting about that earlier. Like you'd have to take whatever path you're given and anyone else would take it. Yeah, absolutely. Like if they had an easier path, I think no one's going to be like, oh, let me actually go through this creepy woods path over here and like try to (laughs) struggle to get through. They would capitalize on whatever opportunity they had. Well, let's not to be a a downer, but obviously COVID had such a huge impact on, I think everyone in the world, but what does that do for someone that 
works in travel. Yeah. So um, before COVID had hit, I started a software company uh, called Buena, like the word good in Spanish because life is good sometimes, <laughs> most of the time. Um, and so Bueno was in the travel niche. It was kind of this idea idea of sharing recommendations in travel, whether it's your friend from college or maybe like a professional travel expert. Um, and I was super excited. Like we'd raised capital. We had an amazing team of UCLA alum. Um, and there was just no way that we were going to launch a travel startup during a pandemic. It just wasn't for us. Um, we didn't know what was going to happen. And so we didn't want to give up on the startup. Instead, we immediately expanded into e-commerce. And, uh, you know, e-commerce saw, you know, more in 2020 than it had in, in the past. And so um, ultimately, we now, you know, instead of just having like a recommendation list of restaurants or of things to do for a weekend or a travel itinerary, we have different kinds of recommendation lists, whether that's for home decor or for recipes um, or like checklists, like everything you need for your first puppy or everything you need to throw a baseball themed party. Um, shout out to all the baseball parties. <laughs> um, and so it, it ended up being, an, it was good not because just because we expanded into e-commerce, obviously as like a market opportunity, bigger exit opportunity, bigger opportunity for growth. Um, but really because it tested the team and to watch my team suffer and like step up and do something bigger and better um, built a lot of trust and loyalty in like how well they did in a difficult time. Um, and it's also the reason why we ended up meeting our more senior team. Um, and I mean, it was like, I, mean, I, I think I told you earlier, it was just like the whole thing played out as a gift from God because it was just so beyond my control. Yeah. Well, I love that something positive was able to come out of COVID. And I don't think you should feel bad about that at all. Cause I think that it is important to celebrate the positive things along the way. And I love, I love, love, love the women in tech aspect. I think that is so cool. And I think it's something that I'm trying to learn more about. And you were trying to give me a crash course earlier <laughs> of startups and funds and all of that. So any of your knowledge or information you can sprinkle to our listeners about getting into it or anything that you think they should know that would be helpful. Yeah. So first things first is tech exists and there's all kinds of things you can do in it. You could do marketing in tech. You could do accounting in tech. Um, you can build websites. You can build software. Um, I would say that there is a lot more women in tech than it's probably acknowledged. There's not a lot of funding. So there's been less than 3% of venture capital goes to female founders. Um, at the rate that one is going, I will probably be one of the first 100 Latina women in history across any continent that raises at least a million dollars for her software company, which is like disgusting wow. because while it's exciting, you know, that like, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we know like, and, tw and there was a company that raised more money as a single startup than all of the women in tech combined. It's just really, really bad. And I don't think that it's just like overt sexism. I think people like to, you know, like they get upset and there is a lot of sexism, but a lot of it is a network effect. 
So if in the past you worked with 20 guys or the first 100 people were male, they're all going to invest in people that they've worked with. Right. And so by nature, you're just kind of like continuing a cycle and a system like organically, even if you don't have bad intentions. Um, and then there is the actual sexism, <laughs> yeah. Um, which, you know, we live, we live in a world that's imperfect and that's why we work to make it better. Well, I think what you mentioned earlier, if you don't know something, you're going to find someone else that knows it. So obviously being one of the first women in tech in this position, who are you going to naturally go to for answers a lot of times, but you've actually been lucky enough to find people along your path and investors that are females that are able to kind of show you the ropes. Yeah. So I kind of hacked it. Um, I didn't know anyone like on top of like none of my sorority sisters, nobody went to college, was in venture capital. None of my girlfriends were. Dang it. I I hate when that happens. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody else can relate. Right. Um, and obviously, um, like just coming from like the PR marketing tourism world, nobody was really in venture capital. And then my family, um, I was the first person to go to college. So I didn't necessarily have like a big support system specifically in VC there. Um, and so what I did is I started running social events for investors and I got sponsors to pay for it so that I could put these really interesting people in the room together and just like listen to them and ask them questions and understand the way that they think about business um, and essentially built relationships there to get some investors. Um, there's a couple that are really special. So Tracy, who was a um, the founder of partnerships at Google Ventures, um, you know, Google Ventures being one of the best funds, um, you know, she totally got it. She was like, yeah, I have to shop for my entire family. Do you know how much work that is? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, and, you know, like she knows that the majority of Nordstrom's organic traffic is driven by creators, 80%, right? So, you know, we're when we're making recommendations, they're valuable and there's a market there. Um, and then she brought me Annie, who is at Google Shopping. Um, and then it just all kind of snowballed and we ended up adding more and more strategic investors. Um, and I was just grateful because the same way that the blog didn't work for a year, I'm looking at almost like two years of fighting for the startup between learning about venture capital, financing, um, learning more about the software, learning more about the competitive landscape, recruiting a team, actually building the MVP, validating it with surveys, building a brand. Like I had to be very patient to say the least. And like now it's doing really well and everybody's like, awesome. And everybody wants in now, (laughs) which is great. (laughs) I'm not mad about that. Um, But I, you know, you have to really just, I like believe in yourself, find good support systems and, um, Again, you don't have to know the answer. You just have to know that you'll be able to figure it out. Yeah. I I think a lot of people would look at, because I think the intimidating part for me, well, I don't love to ask for help ever. That's just something I'm not great at. So I just try to figure it out. And then it probably takes me 10 times as long because I'm doing it myself. But I imagine doing a startup and raising funds is very different than what people would see on like a Shark Tank show. Like they would just assume, but is that super intimidating to get, like, what does that even look like getting in front of people and you're essentially selling yourself and everything you've put into it and you know, you believe in it and you know, you know what you can bring to the table, but 
what does that pitch look like? Is that do you is that the scariest thing in the planet? Oh, it's so terrifying. And I'm not <laughs> shy. <laughs> like I've traveled solo around the world on like every continent and um I mean, I have not been to Antarctica. It's on my bucket list. But Dang. I yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I you don't call yourself a travel blogger. You haven't been to Antarctica. Terrible. terrible. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I'm like you, I don't like to ask for help. I'm very independent. And I think there was an aha moment in my brain where I realized what we're doing and who's on board and that it is an opportunity. So you have to change your mindset about the value that you're adding to other people and to the world. Like, Essentially, Buena is a tool that's going to allow for there to be more authenticity in recommendations. And like everybody wants to actually know the best place to go to or like the best recipes or the best things for their home when you spend so much time there, right? Um, And so for me, when you're really focused on the mission and then you're focused on like, yeah, you know what? Like we really have like a massive exit opportunity here. We're going to be breaking records. Like people you have like you have to train your mind to be like I know that I'm offering something real and I have all of the proof points and I think there's a huge issue with women in particular in business with imposter syndrome because we're told like hey you need to be pretty but if you're pretty you're not smart or if like you're pretty you're a gold digger or if you are you know if the world tells you you're attractive it means that they don't believe that you have the capacity to do other things. And it's not in our head because it's said verbatim. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the trick is to, you know, get like, get your mind outside of that imposter syndrome, acknowledge it and say, this is the opportunity. The right people are going to be a part of it. And it's okay if they're not, because like, it's like, okay, if you're married, you can't be dating somebody else. I mean, I mean, most, <laughs> hopefully, most of us, hopefully not. Uh, um, but <laughs> right. So it's like an opportunity cost in your life. And that's the way that I kind of started to see it with investors. Like, well, if I would have done a deal with this investor, then maybe I wouldn't have met this other one. Yeah. Cause there's only so much money that you're allowed to raise. Yeah. I, it's just, you have to believe so much, even if you don't, I mean, you have to believe in what you're doing because I feel like that's me. I would always downplay something that I have or something that I'm doing because it just makes the fall so much easier if something doesn't happen. But I feel like you're putting something out there that you believe in and it's going to be your livelihood. So you have to either be super confident or fake it till you make it because if you don't believe in it. How's anybody else going to believe yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> like how are you going to sell it to someone? So I think that would be my biggest challenge is having something and then not going in there and being like, Oh, I have this thing. And like, you'll probably like it. It's pretty cool. But like downplaying it, you have to go in there and be like, this is the shit. It's going to change how we do everything. Why haven't we been doing this before? And this is how we're going to do it together. And that just feels so unnatural to me. Oh, oh my God. I was like, oh, that's so beautiful. Like, <laughs> and I would never say that ever. I would go in there and like slide a paper across the table and be like, this is what I have. Like even people in Shark Tank, I keep bringing up Shark Tank because it was on my flight yesterday. People go in there and they're just like so ballsy. And when they get shot down, I'm like heartbroken for them. And they, I don't even, it's like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of things that I wouldn't do because I would be so afraid of someone not, being in on it with me that I would just shy away from not doing it, which is obviously my own problem. But so here's the thing. <laughs> if you pitch them and it doesn't work out, then you're in the same place you were before. Right. That's true. Um, and like I said, I just, 
I don't know. I just have so much faith that like the right things end up working out. Our engineering team is so beyond what I could have ever thought that I would be able to recruit. Like I wasn't even trying to recruit them when I met them. Um, and so you just gotta like, you have to work hard, be nice, put yourself out there, do it. I will say that for anybody who's interested in starting a business, I highly recommend that you do it as like a side hustle and you get data points to validate it. That's like the biggest thing is that we're really intentional. Like it's not just like, hey, I'm excited and motivated and I believe in the cause. Sure, the mission part is what gets me up in the morning, but it's the numbers and the research that actually keeps the business running in the morning. Yeah. Like it has to make sense. I think a lot of people would maybe be like, oh, let me quit my job and let me just do this. And then they just go like balls to the wall and they don't really do all of the legwork. And then they're wondering why it didn't work out. So I was just super impressed with us talking earlier and you just explaining everything that you did and, and researching and just every, like every little, I was sitting there, I should have been taking notes. I actually was like, <laughs> I should have just hit record on the podcast when you were explaining this to me and really just it's impressive, like doing all the work and, and knowing that not only that you have something good, but that you've tested it and that, you know, it's going to work. So, and I'd say with the whole shark tank thing, I mean, <laughs> it's TV, <laughs> it's entertainment, right? What? Um, it's not real. Darn. Actually shout out Mark Cuban. If you're listening to this, just kidding. Um, so I think I'm a Barbara Corcoran girl myself, but it's I'm, fine. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm a fan also. Lori. Yeah. Maybe Lori's Lori. Great. Or you'd be great. I'd take all of them. I'd like reverse pitch them and be like, you know what? What if instead of investing in Wena, we just do like a venture studio and then we just do like, I don't know. I'd probably like try to like offer them some unconventional deal or something. I have no idea what I would do. Um, just break Shark Tank. <laughs> break the internet. <laughs> Ideally. I mean, you almost did it with your Aussie list, so it's perfect. <laughs> I know. And it's, it's, going back to like authenticity and things that you're doing. And obviously with Buena, it helps that because we, Justin and I, we always go through with this, like with social media and like products or promoting your investments, like putting stuff out there. That's doesn't, I don't know, something that we love. And it's always, it happens in like the reverse way. Like a company will reach out and they'll say, Hey, do you want to promote X? And we've started falling in love with products and then going to them and being like, Hey, we love your product. Like what, you know, what can we do or what can we, you know, can we invest or this like the opposite way, as opposed to a company just assuming that we're going to love what they send us. And obviously people don't love the sponsored content on our, <laughs> our pages sometimes, but it's, I don't know. It's important for us that it's something authentic. And so that is something that I promised to our followers that, you see something on there that we're posting it is something that we genuinely love and it's not just someone sending it like we're trying it out I'm doing the trial and error on everything yeah <laughs> people get mad at it and it's I mean you mentioned with your travel obviously something is funding you to be able to blog and do the legwork for people and now with Buena obviously doing so all of the legwork for people with trips and lists and and everything to take that out of it. Obviously something has to be funding that. Well, and here's the thing. So this is, I'm going to say something that is like going to shake our listeners real quick. Um, so hopefully you've been <laughs> listening to the rest of the podcast and you don't think I'm a total jerk, but 
We have come into an era where people expect to be informed and entertained for free, right? So you go online and you want to scroll on social media and you want to see something funny or you want to learn something new or you want to feel inspired. And um, that content is costing somebody time and money to create, right? And so we used to spend millions of dollars on like TV shows and, and, and honestly, yeah, it costs a lot of money to produce a YouTube series, Um, We used to spend a lot of money on magazines and a photographer and an editor and a set designer and like multiple people would come into creating this piece of art together. And now just because someone's an independent creator or has like multiple things that they're working on, like, I'm sorry if I don't know, Courtney, because I don't play baseball. But if you're training (laughs) all of the time to play baseball, like you probably only have so much time to spend with your family and so much time to be creating photos and to be doing these multiple things. And so, yes, I do believe people deserve to be compensated for their work, even if they're being creative or sharing a part of their story. Storytelling is an art and artists should be paid. Drop the mic. Well, you can. It's on a stand. So please actually don't drop it. (laughs) I don't have another one. It makes sense. And people get mad when they're scrolling and they see an ad. And it's like you said, they expect to just get everything. And it's like you're not paying for the ad. Like just scroll past it. Like somebody else paid for it. So many things could be solved on the internet if people just kept scrolling. Like if you don't like something, you don't want to see something, you don't want to buy something, just scroll past it. You have a choice or unfollow someone. People get very mad on social media and it's like you don't need to respond or engage in everything that you don't like. You can just passively walk away. Or be excited for them. Like, hey, this person went through and like built a career where they have the, they're so good at what they do that they have the opportunity to pick their endorsements and they have their own voice and narrative that they can do it. Like Michael Jordan and Nike, this is not anything new. Now we're looking into a world where creators are going to be building their own brands instead of just endorsing them. They're partnering with them. They're giving feedback. They're investing in them. And it's becoming a part of our lives. Yeah. And it's more people can be involved in it too. It's not just the big name athletes or the big actors or the big main influencers. People from all types of platforms with different followings can be monetizing their content and, and all of that. And you're telling, I mean, if you see a friend and they're getting paid to promote their sugar bear hair gummies and you're mad at them, aren't you just jealous that you're not getting paid to promote <laughs> sugar? Are those still a thing? <laughs> I don't know. I, I've, I've never, I've never took that one out. Uh. <laughs> I've never promoted sugar bear hair gummies. They looked good, but I'm just saying people, yeah. If you start to look at the, like the backside of it and what goes into it and all of that, I don't see how you can be mad at it. It's just the way that things are going now. It's just how it is. So, and the reality is that our world, like the way that it's been in terms of like advertising and marketing, it's always been in favor of the brands right? Like the creators never really had agency or options. I think that's why Buena is really cool is that you're actually giving people the option to be authentic and make a recommendation. Um, and, and like at the end of the day, you know, we expect everybody to make these donations and to do all of these things and live this lifestyle. And 
and then you get mad at them because they're getting paid for their work. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Right. It should, I mean, yeah, it, it makes sense to me, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I think, I don't know, maybe people are just behind on it or they don't think of it that way. They just think of it like, oh, I just want to scroll your feed and not see an advertisement or I want to see that. But I think what you're doing with Buena is like you mentioned authenticity over and over again. And I think just being able to expand on what people are already doing, but in like, I guess like what a less obvious way kind of thing where it's not like, I don't know, click this and buy this exact, you kind of just, you see a blogger or someone that you love or what they're doing and you just know that you want to explore that or like a trip, you see someone's trip and you want to go explore that. It's like more, I don't know, like not as obvious if that, I don't know. I would say useful was probably the word. So like if I, as a travel blogger, go on a trip and you can see like my video and it's like beautiful and romanticized and creative and it has all this music, you see all these beautiful pictures and then you're like, okay, that's great. But like, how do I actually go there? Right? Like, um, this is beautiful. I want to do this. How do I do it? When, a, when you have a list of places or a list of products that you're recommending, it's just providing information so that you can go off and actually do those things and like not spend a ton of time researching and planning and opening up a million tabs and taking screenshots and putting together spreadsheets. Like we're already like the, the, there's already somebody putting in the work to plan something. Why not let somebody copy your plan? You said it so much better than I did. (laughs) (laughs) Just go back and delete everything I said about it. (laughs) I love it. Well, let's explore some of your lists. We mentioned with COVID that it's changed travel, obviously. I think things are getting back to normal, but I think there is a large amount of people that maybe aren't comfortable with travel yet or air travel at least. So let's hit them with some California or even Los Angeles, some recommendations. Yeah. So if you click on the link in my bio, oh my God, I sound so influencery, Courtney. Uh-oh. How do you feel about that? Uh-oh. Um, you'll see my recommendation <laughs> list. Uh, I got my most popular recommendation list is actually um, LA restaurants. It's not Australian <laughs> It is not Aussie I'm going to let that joke die after this podcast, <laughs> I promise. Um, so I, I kind of separated them. I love food. Um, so I separated them as like, because sometimes like the place is like really cute, like nice vibe, whether it's like a date or you want to have a meeting um, or a girls night or like it's a cute vibe, but like maybe the food's just fine, you know, like yeah. good, but like the place is great. So I organized it by drinks only versus food and drinks where I'm like, hey, the food's really good. Like you should go for dinner or go for lunch or brunch. Um, sounds very LA. Let's go yes. to brunch. Do it. <laughs> um, and then I have another link in my bio that takes you to a bunch of featured itineraries. It's like a weekend in Death Valley, a weekend in Temecula and um you know, like Santa Barbara, there's a couple different and they're actually by different travel experts. So they're not just my recommendations, but people that really know travel and have built these really cool itineraries. You can copy the entire itinerary, the entire bucket list, and then edit to make it at your own and like add your significant other or your girlfriends or whatever to actually take like a plan right then and there. I love that. I, do, I love that it's different options because I don't know if anyone would want to go on my trips that I take and just got back from Atlanta and I went to the puppetry museum 
and the nature center. So (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know if anyone's like, let me copy Quartz itinerary and like went to Crystal drive through and got a burger. Maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe that's their cup of tea, but it's so much of, I've lived in LA for, I don't know how long now. And it is fun when you have a friend come to visit because you become a tourist in your own city, but looking beyond the Hollywood sign and the, I don't know, Disneyland and all of that. There's so many cool things to do here. I still haven't somehow been to Catalina. Oh, I love Catalina Island. I, I've, I have a, I have a buena list on that. I send it to Justin because he was actually supposed to take me, I think for like our second year anniversary, which was really, really long. Oh, I see it right here. Catalina Island weekend. I'm just going to send this to him if that's possible. <laughs> You're like, that's actually a feature. Do it. Do it. It's a feature. <laughs> I know. We get we just get stuck in kind of our same trips. Like every year we do Sedona or we go to Tahoe and they're great and we love it. And familiar is good. But I think got to step out of it. And well, planning your vacation shouldn't be work, right? And like ultimately, unless you can see what somebody else recommends and you really trust them, it's going to feel like work because you're going to research it. That's why I think we do the same thing over and over. Like we go to Sedona every single year, right before spring training starts, we stay at the same resort, hotel, whatever it is, eat at the same restaurants. (laughs) Same thing with Tahoe. It's the same house, the same restaurants, and we never really change it up. And I guess it's like a not so, broke, so but then this there's is probably like a light so nudge. much better things out there. <laughs> Justin, hint, hint. <laughs> right. Let's let's try one of these other ones. I've got I got a whole. I've been I traveled full time for four to five years. I can recommend the most beautiful places in the world. I love it. All right. Well, I posed a question on my Instagram, and there were a lot of a lot of questions. So you might have to come back on here and dive into some of these, but I plucked a few of them out for us to chat about and people really, really, well, it's a lot of organization. People want to know how to stay organized when you're packing for a trip and how much to pack for like a weekend trip. And I, you are the expert, but I've tried to go with like intentional packing. I think I used to go on like a four day trip And I would grab like nine shirts and five jackets. And I used to never work out when I travel. Now I do. But I'd bring workout stuff as if I was going to work out twice a day (laughs) and enough underwear if I was going to shit myself every single day. (laughs) And so I've started to, I'm a last minute girl. Obviously, I've talked about that on here. And so I think I need to block out the time and go through (laughs) and say, okay, this day I'm just doing this. So like my workout outfit will get me through like, working out and breakfast and then I'll need something at night to go to dinner and actually like knowing what I'm going to pack I think has been super helpful for me so how much do you pack for a weekend away so there's two ways that you can play this card and that's a really good question um the first especially if you're a frequent traveler I mean I was traveling like what 300 days a year um it's pretty frequent yeah so I like, and even now, just because I like that like idea of being spontaneous, I was this close to bringing a backpack to your place today because it's, I don't have a car <laughs> Just in anymore. case we went to Catalina for the day. <laughs> <laughs> because that's how I, I love to be spontaneous last minute. So what I do is I have like, I have my ready to go toiletries bag, um, like a, like a going, like a, you know, trendy outfit, a workout outfit and a swimsuit that I would just always have in my car. So any, like any, just in case a spontaneous pool party breaks out. <laughs> no, because I like going to the beach. I know. I'm kidding. 
but yeah, I mean, <laughs> just in parties, case, I mean, you never know. Um, <laughs> this was also before I lived on the beach. So I was coming to the beach all the time. So one is have your toiletry. Like I have two sets of makeup. My, okay. I was going to ask you that. Cause I literally thought, I thought I was the first person ever in the world to think about that. in this last trip I was like, what if I had a pre-packed makeup and toiletry bag that was a copycat and then I'm like, is that wasteful? And no. then I thought, no, because you're going to use it eventually. And why am I, what am I doing? Because then Justin hates this, but I don't finish packing until the morning because I'll shower and I'll put on like my sunscreen, all of that deodorant. And then I have to pack it all up. And he's like, why is your bag not zipped? Like we're going to bed and you're flying out at 6 a.m. I need the copycat. I just do the copycat. It saves you so much time and stress. Um, it is probably my number one hack is to have the copycat with your makeup. Dang, and I thought I was so smart. <laughs> <laughs> I am just you a are copy, so smart. I'm and just a copycat of your no, copycat. You had, we both have the same ideas. Great minds think alike. <laughs> you um, had it a lot sooner than me though. So, and then, <laughs> um, and then the other thing is, so those packing cubes, so you yes. can do the packing cubes where you have your outfits per day. Oh, yeah. I've never done them by outfit oh yeah then because then you only you don't mess up everything you only mess up what you're using for that day so i'm a serial killer in the sense that why well, i saw online that if you unpack in your hotel room you're a serial killer no i do that okay then we're yeah. both serial killers i unpack like the second i get there or else i don't do it it depends what it depends how long my trip is oh right? if i'm there for so, a night i'm unpacking right if i'm there for a night i'm unpacking if i'm going to be switching locations like international travel every two to three days then having the the day ones is easier. Mm, then you're not unpacking everything. Right. Then I'm only unpacking what I'm using for that destination because I know what I'm wearing in that destination. Um, now, if you are less into the planning, what you're going to wear at each trip, which is valid, you don't have. Not everybody's a planner. Um, I really love this concept of mix and match. So I've been doing these mix and match lists for Bueno, where if you're going to go shopping, like why not buy stuff that you know will go with other things. Um, and so, especially if you're doing something like, 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 like if you were traveling with Justin, not like for fun, but more for work where you could overlook some pieces, maybe you're not going to have a photogenic Instagrammable photo every time. It's more practical to mix and match your outfits. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like the second hack. I know. Cause I used to bring like a different pair of jeans for every night. And then I was wearing like the same two jeans the entire week and just lying to myself that I was going to wear all of them. So that's part of my intentional packing. Intentional packing. Yeah. And you could do like, what I really like is the sets where there's a top and then a bottom because then you can just switch them. So now that top goes with jeans or that skirt goes with a different top. Yeah. And it looks like you have all of these outfits going. It's a weird thing of not repeating outfits. Which is also Instagram. a dumb rule. I know. And everyone loves, it's like, Princess Kate or is always repeating her outfits and everyone's like, what a savvy, like smart shopper. She repeated this dress that she wore six years ago at this event. <laughs> and I'm like, it's so strange that that is even pointed out, but it makes sense, but it's not practical. I you have to repeat. I repeat my outfits. I, I hate People to won't it. even repeat swimsuits. They're like, once I wore it and I was photoed in it, like yeah. can't do it. I love it. Okay. You're three most essential travel items well in addition to the packing cubes and the copycat makeup bag camera so here's the thing I used to take a ton of photos 
before I got into the blog because it's nice to have photos. Like looking back at your memories, um, I like having my like light, I have a mirrorless camera, so it's more lightweight, but it's still really high professional quality. I do have my camera packing list. Um, buena. Shameless self-promotion. List for everything. List for everything. Um, but yeah, I love taking photos. Um, the other thing is snacks. So you'd be surprised. Like sometimes like I've traveled a lot in the U.S. And sometimes like a small town, the restaurants will close at like 6 p.m. And then you're just like super hungry or you don't have time because you're going, you know, X, Y, Z. So always have food. Um, camera, food. That's smart. And I've started walking to uh, like Whole Foods or Target or whatever right when I get there and just grabbing whether it's, I don't know, water. So I'll get like jerky or bars, a thing of bananas and just keeping it in the hotel room. Cause a lot of times I'll get back to the room late and it's not enough where I want to order room service. Cause that's just ridiculous and a waste of money if you're just want a bite of something yeah I found that that's been super helpful and asking for a fridge or like getting like a little smoothie or juice or something and popping it in there I think has been my savior well and plus it's hard not to gain weight when you're road on the road all the time and I don't mean like gain weight I mean like eat unhealthy yeah um so having those snacks like nuts you know like just always have nuts always have your nuts <laughs> get a little nuts <laughs> go nuts okay one more item Uh, one more item I mean here's the thing I always have my phone but I'm very good at not being on my phone Mm. so I do on phone time and off phone time that has to be hard though because every like I feel like so much of what you're doing is screen time yeah but that's like maybe if I'm on a trip I'll be like hey I'm gonna like photograph the food like in the beginning and then put it away or I'll do it for like one meal and not another. Yeah. Um, like intentionally. And then when I'm home, like I make sure like, I think my, my, my boyfriend doesn't have social media. I love it. And I just, I'll go through an entire day and I won't look at my phone and he respects that. He's a unicorn. Oh, <laughs> can the company be a unicorn? <laughs> I love it. I don't, essential is hard. Yeah, I guess. Camera's a good one. I started to carry a camera because I was always using my phone for a camera. And then I started to get anxiety of all these trips I was taking where I just had like crappy. I mean, now iPhone cameras are pretty good, but it's different. Yeah. Like going on trips and doing that. Um, There was a, I don't know, I guess I bring my pillowcase, which seems extra. No, that makes sense. Like a silk pillowcase. Yeah, I like that. I was bringing Justin's as well, but then I had to, we would bring a white one and then forget it sometimes in the hotel so now I grabbed a dark gray one for us but I don't know like some people are like eye mask and all that I don't I don't need any of that I'm I'm out I don't need any help sleeping (laughs) I don't need I don't yeah I would say so if you travel a lot or you have like a lot of instability um something that I learned that was helpful is like pick that thing that's yours so for me, like I felt like there's a lot of things I couldn't control because something's always going wrong with travel. Mm-hmm. And mine was afternoon iced coffee. And even if I was in a country that didn't do iced coffee, <laughs> I would just ask them to bring me ice with the coffee and everybody, like there is coffee in every country. So I felt like it was like mine, like I could control it. And if I was having a bad day, I got my like, got my iced coffee. Yeah. So. I love it. Okay, final one, bucket list. 
travel location? Um, definitely an African safari. Wait, I w- you just stole my answer. Uh-huh. So I'm done. Okay, we're done. No, you go first. Where, where did you go in Africa? <laughs> no, that was it. No, like that I haven't been. Have you been oh. to Africa? Yes. Okay, well then that doesn't count. <laughs> Oh, where you walk, where I want to go? <laughs> Wait, is that not bucket list? I thought you meant like, well, I'm recommending my bucket list to other oh, people. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that works too. So recommend it to me. And then I'm going to take <laughs> that safari that you've already been on and I'm going to go see oh, all of that. So special. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. I always say Ireland or Greece, which I don't, everyone's like, why Ireland? And I think I've just maybe seen like a Housewives episode where they all went and like drank in a bar and it looked fun and I don't know. It just sounds fun. <laughs> Ireland is so beautiful. Um, and I don't feel this way now, but I remember when I was there, I was like, I want to get married here. Mm. That's how beautiful. It's just green hedges over the ocean. And it's just like this majestic nature yeah. that you don't see anywhere else. And there's great beer. I love that. I'm reading a book in my book club right now about a wedding in Ireland and someone just got murdered at the reception. So. <laughs> way to give it away <laughs> well I think that's the whole point I think uh, it's like on the cover it's okay. like one of them doesn't make it off the island or something I don't know what's the book it's called guest list I think <laughs> I'm pretty sure guest list someone on the guest list doesn't survive but yes by all means get married in Ireland okay so you're Africa haven't been though oh, that I haven't been um I really want to do Antarctica Oh, yeah, your final continent. Yep, yep. yep. Um, I would love to do... Um, You're, like, soul-searching right now. I know, I am, because I, I haven't done Colombia. Oh, okay. Um, oh, like, Norway and Iceland. Those are the two that I've, like, really... Like, Norway, mm. Iceland, and Antarctica... Obviously saved the cold for last. Yeah. So you would say your best trip ever was, or you think bucket list is African safari, but is that your best trip you've ever been on? Probably for a few reasons. So one, because I'm Mexican, most things in Central America and South America are less of a culture shock. Mm-hmm. So it's not as exotic. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Um, two, I took my best friend. And she has a huge passion for animals. Like she randomly has a really popular animal blog that's only covers exotic animals. So like to see that joy in her, like getting to see the exotic animals. Yeah. You know, it's like the best gift to give is making somebody happy. I love that. Um, and, and also because it was my first and only trip to Africa, whereas in I've, you know, I've been to Europe more times than I can count. I've been to Southeast Asia more times than I can count. I spent nine months road tripping Australia. Like it's that new. And I think as humans, we tend to like new and different. We get bored and we get spoiled, which is what happened to me as a blogger. And that is why I am happy that the startup humbled me. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. Well, let's, I feel like we'll have to have you back on because we have 500 other questions that I think we could talk for hours about, but let's shout out your mama before we, before we're done and her, her newest adventure. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You're the best for this. So my mom had me at 16 and, you know, she made some choices where she kind of held off applying for UCLA so that she could raise me and my brother. 
Um, my brother and I went to UCLA, which is where I met Courtney. So exciting. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. And my mom just got into UCLA's doctorate program. So she's going back to school. It's never too late. That's so cool. I just got chills and I already knew what happened. (laughs) (laughs) I always harp on that because I feel like I'm running out of time of doing what I want to do, but I'm not. It's just in my head. And Mm. so I love that. We're not running out of time. You know, we're going to keep doing things after we do the things that we do now. I love it. All right. So on... Instagram, let everyone know where they can find you and obviously where they can check out Buena. Yeah. So Instagram, it's Steph B E travel, like the verbs be, be happy, Steph B travel. Um, and the link in my bio will have all of the lists that we talked about today. And the name of my startup is Buena, like good. And the domain is Buena.life because we're going to live a good life, whether the world likes it or not. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing all of your insight. And I hope to have you back. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, make sure you all go follow Steph on social media for all the travel and lifestyle inspo and check out Buena to make your life a lot easier. Friendly reminder to subscribe to the podcast and our Apple podcast listeners. Make sure you rate and review us. That's going to do it for this week. Talk to you Next week. <laughs> bye bye.